Okay, everyone, it's time to hurry up and wait in the regroup, your podcast in between the stages. Hello and welcome to the regroup with Zane and GT. I'm Zane. G'day, I'm GT. And uh, Guy, we've got a very special guest with us um, today. We've got our first Australian rally champion coming on the show. I don't know how we pulled that off, but um, would you like to introduce our guest? Yeah, we do actually. Um, I guess tonight, someone I've I've sort of wanted to have on, have on, um, you know, ever since we started making this podcast. Uh, I guess we just had to wait for the right timing, and um, it's a bit of an odd timing, I suppose, a bit of an anticlimax. Um, this is the events that transpired last weekend at Rally Queensland, but um, yeah, to tell us all about it. G'day, Nathan Quinn. How you going, guys? Too bad. Good, good. good. Need, bad need, to hear, need to hear it straight from the horse's mouth, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the championship this year has been pretty controversy-free and then um, it's, it's all kind of unraveled now. We've got a little bit of, little bit of um, drama going on, which is always exciting, always fun to talk about on social media. Um, got a few theories flying around, so it'd be good to get someone who is a, at ground zero to tell us what, what actually happened there. Well, yeah, I think, I think there's been... Uh, I've done two, about two rounds of the championship this year, full of controversy, but... Uh, yeah, this one was uh, was a tricky one on on all parts. Um, you know, we everyone was excited to get up to Queensland for the second running, and they were using some classic old stages. And we proceeded with reconnaissance, half a reconnaissance on Thursday morning, um, and then we had uh, the ARC had testing that afternoon. And testing conditions were uh, were interesting and dicey, but um, you know, it didn't stop us from going out there and getting as much time in the car as we could. Um, and it sort of set the scene for the weekend. We proceeded on to Friday recce, and and little did I know it, a bit a bit naive, but I was pushing my Subaru out back through half a meter of uh, of uh, floodways there a few times, and um, certainly failed the the power steering. And uh, I thought it was a bit of a bit of an adventure actually, but uh, I'm sure it was a bit more concerning than what I first thought. And uh, by the end of Friday, it became obvious to us. Um, that we're going to lose uh, at least a day of competition, um, but they were working on plans to have uh, a touch over a day with enough kilometres, which is the most important thing, to um, to have a full point scoring round, which is, uh, yeah, something that I've never really got my head around is how the point system works, but uh, the rally went from being a sprint rally. They halved it and turned it into an endurance rally. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how that one works, but uh, I'm still this. There's some ruling, and it's been uh, made public before that I need to read the regs. But um, when I played soccer as a kid and all other club sports, so I, uh, I uh, figured you just rock up and do have your fun and then leave. So uh, that's the sort of mentality I have, and sometimes it doesn't work out so well. Hmm. Yeah, can't argue with that logic. Uh, just uh, just on another side, no, um, before we get into the rally itself, what, what was your expectations with the car this time? You know, we know you had a few issues in Canberra a few months ago. Um, did you manage to get any, any testing prior to Queensland at all or did the testing on the Thursday prior go all right? Yeah, look, we, uh, we ran a test, um, a very fundamental test at a track in Central Coast at the, a Wobble Whack, they call it, and a super tight little course. It's fantastic. Um, facility for, for, you know, the local area. It is forest. It doesn't really represent what you do in the stages. So we knew the car was working at the tighter stuff. And then we backed it up with a little bit down at Rally Raceway, which is where they ran a super special on the Saturday, the WRC. So we're just using the bitumen circuit there and uh, far more flamboyant than Hayden Patton did a couple of years back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, look, the... Um, we made some fundamental changes to the car and uh, not saying the car wasn't right, um, but uh, I guess I drive really uh, in the pants of my seat and uh, the seat of my pants and uh, mm. I have a particular thing I expect. I expect a lot of predictability because I prefer to drive in unpredictable situations so people um, probably know that I prefer uh, to go blind rallying than pace noting or circuit rallying, um, and uh, yeah, so I've got a particular way I want that car to work, and and when we turned up the test at Queensland in the wet, I was pleasantly surprised um, that the car was doing probably what I wanted it to do, and that was being predictable, so we were really excited for uh, the rally, and obviously 
someone that was really pushing forward to make sure the event went on purely and simply because we've done some testing, but you don't know, you know, the, um, the bullshit stops and the flag drops and uh, we weren't too sure or not whether, whether all the testing we'd done and all the good feelings was going to transpose to uh, stage times. I'm sure it would have, but, you know, we just uh, we needed to put some runs on the board. Well, you would have won it if it had gone ahead, wouldn't you? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, we, I was pretty confident. Um, we, I wasn't confident if the car was going to last, but I was confident in myself and with Ray. Last year we were operating on three hours of sleep after doing an engine rebuild the night before and mm. we were pretty close to the pace that was needed. So I knew that we had what it took and uh, we made a little bit of a differential change to the car. And, you know, with the, the G4 stuff, it's a fantastic car. It's got some cool things in it and it's just been built like a proper race car. Um, I sort of feel that we... We need to bring a bit of that production back to it. You know, it's a two-litre turbo. We've got heaps of torque and uh, and we should be pushing more top speed. We've got a leverage on that. You know, we've got a two-litre that can do, that can hold a higher top speed than these 1.6-litre um, AP4 or R5 cars. So we up the diff ratio and uh, we we're hopeful that with the speeds of Queensland and with the balance of the car that it would have been the uh, perfect combination. But I guess we won't know for a few more events yet. That's very interesting, actually, what you're saying. Because mm. I guess it, it does make sense on the faster stages, you'd have a, a massive advantage. It's the only advantage that PRC cars have, isn't it, really? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And, um, you know, that 10 that I was driving, that was that was a magic car. That was probably the best. That was the closest thing I've driven to uh, to an R5 car. And I sort of hoped that the, the Hyundai would feel exactly like that when I got in it, but uh, far from it. And, um, you know, we're, we are on the path. We're... We needed to run Queensland because we needed to know what the next step was and the next step is we know what the next step is but we don't know how to achieve it and that is to get the geometry to work. So with the G4 car, they've taken a production car and they've um, taken the overhang off it and then they've shortened it in the middle. So with all standard geometry, um, all your instant centres and gravities and stuff like that are all different so we've got to try and figure out how to uh, make that work better for us. Hmm. Yeah, so you're looking forward to uh, you coming over to Adelaide later in the year, Adelaide Hills Rally. Make, well, make use of that hop, top speed. It's certainly been uh, it's certainly been talked about the last few days as where where we go next. But you know, we wouldn't want to turn up anywhere and get too wet and too unsafe. You know, it's a big risk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the one reason why I do want to go to Adelaide, and I've driven there uh, twice in ARCs. Um, the one reason why I would, do want to go there because I believe you guys have a head-to-head stage and I think that is, you know, so that's something I really want to wrap my teeth around and just just for that that feeling, you know, I've done many, I've done one head-to-head in China but you couldn't see where he was. There was like six billion people between the two roads but, um, yeah, it's it's something that's that really excites me and, uh, yeah, I'm not too familiar with where they're going in the forest but it's quite likely that, South Australia is going to be an easier event for us to attend um, than it would be to attend Gibson. Um, so uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the priority this year is the Mazda, and uh, the Mazda will be in South Australia before the Hyundai will this year. Wow. Which, which event are you doing? Uh, we're trying to make our way to a state round, and I cannot for the life of me remember when it is, but it's uh, I believe it's the old... Rally South Australia Roads. Uh, rally Rally Barossa, 18th of September. Yeah, that's it. That's, it. that's the one. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're definitely looking at that. So something just a bit different. Mm. We're getting wildly off track here, but I've heard a few rumours about a couple of other cool classic rally cars with uh, equally good drivers coming across for that event uh, to tackle the old classic Rally, rally SA Roads. A um, couple of New South Welshmen and a pretty quick... Uh, Blake from country, Victoria. Yeah, well, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, pretty quick bloke. Probably going to get hiding by the end of the year, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> Very good. You're building a um, Alpine car, aren't you, Zane? Uh, well, you've got some strong opinions, don't you, guy? Yeah, you know, a little you, bit. You know, move my focus to a different area. <laughs> I am building one, but possibly not for this year. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still building it. We'll just see if I make it or not. Very good. Yeah. Uh, getting back on track, um, 
I mean, there was there's a fair bit of controversy around the old uh, cancellation of Queensland, and there was a lot of people who wanted it, particularly people like yourself, Nathan, and uh, not not being there on the ground. Um, what, what what actually ended it in the in the in the end? Who made the decision well, there? It was very interesting because uh, we were on stage, and uh, my recce schedule was a little bit different, um, and uh, so we ended up in a line of traffic to someone that was off the road in a four-wheel drive. And uh, sure, it was slippery. I, and I rang, I messaged my team. I said, hey, look, get everything ready. Um, we're going to be we're going to be cutting it fine getting back. It'll be sweet, you know, but we're going to be cutting it fine. They're off the road. It's going to be a good half an hour before they're out and then another half an hour before we get out. And then in the middle of that, I was getting messages going, oh, they're holding a meeting. The drivers are talking about it's too dangerous and too unsafe, et cetera, et cetera. And for sure, when you go up and when I was looking at those guys that were bogged off the side of the road, you could tell that the road was, you know, it was pretty pretty haggard and they, they could barely stand up on it. Um, but I've been to enough Rally Queenslands in the past as well to know that that road in, you know, another 10 hours of sunlight, you'll end up putting rubber down. Mm. So um, there was a few comments made and, uh, and they, uh, they uh, speakerphoned me into their meeting and... And I told them, you know, like 18 hours to be sweet. And, and by the time got back, instinctively, we thought that they were going to cancel it. Um, we spoke to the organisers and I'll tell you what, I, I get stressed out at work and i tell you what, these blokes look like they were more stressed than all my stress put together over the last 10 years. And and uh, they just didn't know what the right decision was. And, and uh, you know, listening to a hack like me who pretty well drive down any piece of road <laughs> versus... Um, some of the more finesse people that, you know, expect a, a super highway to drive on. So they had a lot of expectations to meet and they had to balance it right. And um, uh, obviously uh, I wasn't all that impressed with the result but completely understanding. And I think it just came down to a majority vote really, um, majority vote of the lead drivers. And, uh, you know, they based it on safety concerns. But personally I think it was more of a case of, they all knew that if we lost another stage, then we were going to be, they were only going to be able to score 50% points, not a full point scoring round. And I think that's the story behind it, which probably pushed a lot of their motivation. And for sure, they, they, you know, they were shitting bricks, I can guarantee you. Like I was worried about going through it as well, but at least I knew I had two Toyotas in front of me to find bad spots. And, um, and so anyways, I think that's what it came down to. They already lost, they already lost uh, three stages of the rally. Um, which made up a total of maybe 40, 45K, um, and, uh, and they didn't want to lose any more. And the risk they thought was, oh, we could lose more stages because someone might have an incident and it will block the road. fact is that can pretty well happen at any event. Um, it was just a, a, a play on points. And, and if perhaps we never went out and re-wrecked, which I would have happily have agreed to, um, then we might not have spooked ourselves out as much. Um, but, yeah, the decision was made literally as I was driving out of my service park en route to the stage mm. and, um, you know, I might uh, wear my heart in my sleeve. My co-driver's temper shot through the roof for a, sh- for a brief moment. So, um, yeah, we'll both <laughs> got it and, and uh, yeah, so uh, it's just, just, just a shame, not just for us on a personal level but also for, uh, for the organisers and, um, yeah, to get that close. Uh, and to not get it off the ground is uh, must be pretty frustrating. Yeah, I mean it's devastating for the organisers. I work pretty closely with some uh, ARC event organisers in SA, and it's it's not just you know oh let's run an event that'll be easy. It's 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 like a full time job for six months for for many people. It's a massive amount of work, um, and to have that come undone due to something out of out of your control is um is pretty heartbreaking. It's happened a lot over yep. the last few years, I guess, but yeah, for it to keep happening is pretty shit. Yeah, yeah, and look, I would say they were probably pressured into that position. Um, well, yeah, I, I'm confident they were pressured into the position they were put in, you know, and it's a bit unfair. Um, and my view is is if we weren't running so many repeated stages, then we wouldn't be in this situation and then people will turn around and go, well, there's no forest left, and then I'll turn around and say, well, let's start moving ARC service park, you know, like, Let's start moving around how it used to be. We're in such a big country and we're just using 
you know, a radius of 70 kilometres and, and uh, is it the right thing for us? I know the WRC doesn't do it, but maybe the best thing for us we could do here is, is move it around, get more stages. So if we ever get trapped in conditions like this, um, then we only lose sections of the rally, not full days of the rally. Um, you know, I think uh, when the old man did the rally in 1990, they started in Brisbane and they went all the way up to Gympie and then turned around and went back. And uh, I believe he said the first section, which was like 160K competitive, uh, was shortened or cancelled because of rain. And uh, then he got to do, you know, 260K competitive uh, for the whole weekend, you know. So I know the roads aren't there and spreading it out is, is difficult, but um, I think, you know, it would be nice to see at the top end of the sport we start to use more areas and start to move our service parks around and take it to more individual individual towns. Um, and that would alleviate our issue with if it rains and we're in that situation now where rain's going to be a bit of a problem for the next year. So let's uh, let's capitalise on it and um, make it a little bit more weatherproof. Mm. Well, it's something they do overseas a lot. I, I know you've had experience with this in, uh, in the UK, Guy. You're driving like hours for some stages, aren't you? Uh, it was more <clears throat> more of a cloverleaf design rallies over there too. Um, yeah, it was, it was relatively similar to what we run here. But um, yeah, I got to agree with you, Nathan. There, that it would be a solution around around this time. Um, who was it, old, old mate? El Nino, El Nono. What, El Nino, La Nina. That's the one this time. Yeah, <laughs> so hey, he's, he's probably here to stay for a while. Yeah, there were a few of my Mexican Mexican mates. I had some tequila with on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, one comment um, from the Rally Sport uh, Mag article that I read the other day, which I guess prompted us um, uh, having a chat with you tonight, Nathan, was um, that you said it wasn't the wettest Rally Queensland you'd ever done or ever attempted to do, I suppose. Is that, is no, that, that close to the truth, yeah? Yeah, 100%. You know, we've, I remember doing recce's. Um, it must mm. have been in 2009 or 2011. In Queensland, and uh, you know, I remember sitting there with Brian Green and Fleur, and like, what's going on? Oh, people are just getting towed up this hill, <laughs> and uh, people were getting towed by recovery crews up up the hills just because of the clay. Like on the coast mm. here, we struggle with the road base of clay. You know, there's only so much gravel they've put down in the past, and uh, yeah, we've seen some pretty pretty hairy conditions on recce, and uh, you know. People often get stuck in certain areas, but uh, we're all out there to help each other. The only difference was between those rallies and this rally was um, I think there was 24 hours from uh, from when they were getting stuck to when they competed on that road. And we, I gave them the math. I said it's probably about 18 hours and um, and it'll, it'll dry out. So, yeah, no no different conditions. And that's what I mean. You know, we the, the rally was cancelled based on safety concern, but I think the pressure was put forward that, if we don't get enough kilometres, then we're not going to have a full point scoring round. And um, and for sure, I understand that if I was fighting for the championship and I was in a good position, um, then then that is uh, a risk you don't want to take. But what if you're not in a good position? You know, I heard a lot mm. of boys, a lot of boys in the in the feeder classes were were disadvantaged because they were hoping to use this round as an opportunity to pull back points because they know they've only got they're already halfway through the season. So yeah, it sort of works. Uh, in both ways. Mm. Well, from what I understand, like you're only losing points if you're if this is your worst round. Um, and if we do the maths on the people that this would be their worst round, if they'd done all of them, that is, there's mm. only a handful of competitors. Um, yeah, a couple yeah. probably, really. Um, so most people already haven't done a rally, and that would obviously be their worst round. Um, so it's pretty yeah. easy to see who's, mm. who's the most disadvantaged by this. But I think also for people like Ryan Williams, you know, this is their home event. They've had a, a pretty bad luck so far this season, missed a few events. Um, amazing opportunity to get some points back. And, and now he's got to go do um, some over uh, interstate rallies, which is going to cost him a lot more money and a lot more time, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's, that's what I mean. You know, the recce, the forest wet and, you know, the wind... It, what I was sort of getting at is it's been wetter before and we haven't had to call it off, you know. So unless forestry or, or pressure's put on the organisers that the, the weather's going to cause too much damage to the road at their cost, yeah, for sure, you know. But, um, yeah, safety-wise, 
we're rally drivers after all. And uh, <laughs> if you want to be safe, don't go rally driving. It's it's as simple as that. You know, that's that's part of the thrill. You know, and and our sport used to be extreme, um, but now we're just uh, we're just falling into, I guess, in, in into the, the the what do you call it? It's just you know, we've got motorbike riders and enduro riders and the mountain bike riders like a, a rallying used to we, we used to be the freaks and now we're just now we're just also rents you know we're just like <laughs> and i guess another side to it is if, if you think the event's unsafe if you personally think that's unsafe then you know that's that's your opinion and that's great you don't have to do the event no one's forcing you to show up to the start line to then go and try and cancel the event i don't know i don't know if i agree with that yeah exactly and you drive events in you know, our first international rally in New Caledonia, oh, my God, it was terrifying and uh, on recce and terrifying to drive, you know. Um, China and Malaysia, like, the conditions over there, just, like, the conditions that they, there was a problem where the recce car went off in Queensland. Um, that corner was like all the corners in a Malaysian rally if it rained halfway through, you know. So um, I guess I guess we're probably being a little bit too, uh, a little bit too cautious um, with it, um, and uh, but in saying that, we've designed all our rallies where we're always sitting at an average speed of over 100 to 100, 120 odd, you know. So, when you do hit potholes at 120, they're going to hurt your car a lot more than they're going to than you would at 60. Um, and same with if you're coming into a corner at 120, you're going to need a lot more trees to stop you than you would at uh, 60. So, there's a lot of things that add together that give people that. Um, perception of safety and uh, at the end of the day the the dude with the, the throttle pedal and the steering wheel in front of them that, that's the one who can manage the safety and if they turn out that they're not fast at, at the end of it then uh, then they just need to grow bigger balls <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one thing you said to me earlier in the week Zane that, that might have been a contributing factor was unfortunately hopefully uh, the the deaths that have happened in the last couple of years of Target Tasmania, um, we, we, we hope that they're not filtering, I guess, the legislation isn't filtering down into gravel, gravel rallying. Um, but maybe that was a factor oh. there that, you know, if the cost, if the um, if the rally drivers weren't feeling safe, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you put yourself in a position of the organiser, the clerk, of course, whoever at the end of the day had to make the decision and someone comes up to you and says they don't feel safe and then two days later they're in a tree and then a hospital, um, that's going to look pretty bad on you and you're going to feel pretty bad uh, for quite a long time. So, I, you know, that's something that would go through their minds and I'm sure that had some impact on their decision. I'm not sure how big it was, but, yeah, I mean, having um, a few deaths in the last few years certainly hasn't been good for the sport. So, mm. Yeah, 100%. And I think um, I think we're overshadowed a little bit by the tarmac rallying because it's so, so much more accessible um, for, for the general competitor than it is with gravel rallying. Like gravel rallying is so specialised and uh, we really, you know, it, it doesn't, okay, there's similar sort of risks, but there's so much more preparation, so many more people with their, with their skin in the game in gravel rallying that, um, you know, the likelihood of those incidents is, is probably, probably far less. So I think we are a little bit overshadowed by that. But it proves a good point, you know, if, you know, if you go into a, motorsport i remember as a kid the bunting says motorsport is dangerous you know it's a bit like smoking a cigarette smoking kills you know we we read the warnings we, if, if we read the warnings we understand the warnings and you know we, we we well know what we're getting ourselves into yeah I, we try not to get political on this show so mm. yeah. <laughs> couldn't agree more mate <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately yeah yeah that's the way the world's going isn't it um but yeah Anyway, move, moving on, um, that's over and done with and hopefully we can return there next year um, because the, the local council and everybody's been trying to put on an amazing event, obviously did last year. and um, They haven't had a championship round yet, have they? A state championship yeah. round? No, nah, not this year. Uh, We're in the same boat, aren't we, Guy? Yeah, really? for, for similar reasons, actually, um, funnily enough. We weren't underwater. Uh, but the first round of the uh, South Australian Championship up in Heartland. Um, you were going to do that, Nathan, a couple of months ago? Yeah, we were. We were, yeah. but we put it out and it sort of worked out all right because they had to uh, they pulled it off themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We will be back for that event. It just wasn't going to work out this year. Mm. 
it wasn't as controversial as Queensland because the no. councils um, council just pulled the pin. So we can mm. all be grumpy at them and then move on, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> We're completely underwater, just a little bit wet. So next round is um, Gippsland. Are you heading over to that, Nathan? We we don't know. We're actually going to go to Bateman's Bay. And um, just in case Richie thought rallying wasn't safe enough, we've decided we'll do Bateman's Bay blind, not pace noted. Rub it in. <laughs> but uh, no, to be fair, we actually entered the event um, blind the Bateman's Bay Rally blind before we, uh, before before this Queensland shit hit the fan. Um, and the reason why we're doing it blind is, one, um, I don't really enjoy viewing the roads. Sometimes you can find some things that are too scary that you don't want to know about. Um, and, two, it's time off work and every rally I have to, for me to get a Bateman's Bay is 13 hours, you know, and I run a small business in Coffs Harbour and staff's hard enough. So... For me to go to Bateman's Bay, I'd have to leave two days earlier than I would for a blind rally. So we just went, you know what, we'll take the Hyundai down, we'll run up blind. And it also gives you a good opportunity. When you drive a blind rally, you can just sit in the car and if the car's working, it's magic. And the goal of a blind rally is to get the car working because you have completely unpredictable situations. So that's our philosophy of doing Bateman's Bay blind. But secretly, I'll just tell Richie that it's just to... Uh, it's just to give them a hard time. And, um, and then we'll decide whether we'll do Gippsland. But Gippsland's a tricky one again, you know. It's 120Ks day one, which is good enough. Mm. But then they turn around and they take all day to do 50K day two. And I understand they've got the power stage TV and stuff like that. But for us, you know, at best I would have to leave, if I want to be in good shape, at best I'd have to leave after work Wednesday, travel Thursday, recce Friday by that time. Doing recce, I'm sick of driving, and then rally Saturday, Sunday, and then we'll probably win it. So I'd have to go to post event, and therefore I wouldn't be able to leave till six or seven p.m. So I wouldn't get back to coughs until probably nine a.m. the next day. And uh, you know we are short staff, so we're just going to have to suck it and see. You never know; we might be flooded with some new staff members, and we'll go there. But I believe Eli's going, um, so that'll be interesting. Eli and I are actually leading that event last year as a state round and I think day one is exactly the same as the rally was last year um, and then uh, I had problems and he had problems and and uh, neither of us really finished where we should have so with his pace at Perth um, yeah I reckon they got the reliability sorted and uh, he'll be going up there and uh, putting on a show and putting um Putting uh, the Toyotas down a step on the podium, I think. Wow, be cool. Mm. The, the, all three Toyotas going to Bateman's Bay. No, only, only Richie. Only Richie. Yeah, okay. yeah. Apparently, but it might have changed. But um, it might have changed since Queensland. But I, I believe if you read some of their comments that, you know, turning the car around in such a short time is too tough, so they probably can't afford to do Bateman's Bay and then and then do Gibson. I think it's like a week or two after uh, Gibson. So, um, yeah, but it's a beautiful rally. The road's, are, road's unreal. There's so many corners in Victoria. It's just mm. fantastic. Hard on tyres? It was. It was pretty hard on tyres. Uh, I did the rally in a set of tyres and I ran them all the way to the canvas. So, um yeah, so uh, I think we rotated them. We got that for free, free rotation and balance. Um, but uh, and and that was exceptional. That really turned it around for me with um, with the Hoosier tyres. Like these are good, these are good. And then when we finished that rally on on one set, hundred k's competitive, I was just like, and we had grip. I was like, fire out. So if it stays dry, and we did that, we did do that rally in December last year. Who knows what it's mm-hmm. going to do in uh, in August, August this year. Yeah, I noticed, well, Guy, you're taking some notes there. Um, why, why are you doing that for? <laughs> no, no, no reason. Um, two dull bludgers from South Australia are going to come and have another crack at um, the ARC over in over in Victoria. We'll probably um, we'll probably be breaking a drought there as well. I'm assuming because there hasn't been a dry ARC this year. Well, rallying's good for the environment after all. <laughs> <laughs> Should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> 
with koalas loving any leg. Put them all together. <laughs> well, you're going to have to put all those sayings on another T-shirt, which is going to get a lot more traction soon, soon Nathan, because there was a um, a pretty interesting article early, early in the week um, talking about the future of the World Rally Championship round in Australia and New Zealand. Um, care to divulge on that? Did you manage to, manage to read it? And um, we, we, we're pretty confident where it's going to come. Yeah, look, um, when someone said to me it's not coming in New South Wales, uh, the first place I said was uh, South Australia. And, uh, yeah, it'd be great. You guys will love it. You know, um, we had a pretty good run here. Um, it's, uh, you know, like it was, it was fantastic. But the one thing that does concern me is once they're back in New Zealand, um, I don't know, is it ever going to leave New Zealand? You know, like it's pretty sensational over there they've got they really do have the best of everything and uh and they've got so much so much support for over there so providing we can snatch it back off them or at least share it with them um yeah i think south australia is a great base you know you've got the the ben motorsport park which is the obvious location where you base it from and um and then there's plenty of uh plenty of shy stages around there which is exactly what the wrc people viewers and wrc promoters want is the shy stuff so um yeah it'll be pretty exciting um i've been fortunate enough to um to rape and pillage the wrc here many times um you know world rally cars and group n cars so um i know the excitement yeah. um necessarily you know going off to south australia doesn't necessarily mean that i'll be doing it but uh, at least it's easier to get to to go spectate so Hmm. One of the interesting things in the article actually was that um, the WRC promoter said that it wouldn't be taken off New Zealand. It would be it would be both of them. He doesn't want one or the other, uh, which I think is really positive for the region. Yeah, it's a bit of a turnaround when you think about it years ago. Um, I don't think they know what they want. You know, they're a bit like the government. Um, it's changing all the time. But um I've often thought that, and it should go New Zealand, and it should come straight over to Australia, or vice versa. It should be like if you enter New Zealand, like if let's think if you're a European competitor, you want to do rally New Zealand, like, yeah, all right, we're doing a two for one deal, come and do New Zealand and Australia, you know. Mm. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, mm. But uh, we'll just wait and see. It's it's only a bid for 2024, so we're just got to wait and see. But definitely, I would say that that the traction um, for WRC event in our area here. Um, is not there like it used to be. And I think we're just tired of being promised we're going to get it back. And then if it's not fires, it's COVID. If it's not mm. COVID, it's blood. So, so uh, I think it's well-worn here and um, it's definitely time for a new home. Mm. Well, we both love Coffs Harbour, the event and um, and the place. Obviously. We did make a 2000k <laughs> trip to the Hoi Moi a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, the good establishments around here, you know, they haven't always agreed with me. Eye to eye. No, we had a very good run, and uh, yeah, we've been very fortunate here. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're really hoping it comes to Adelaide. Um, incredible roads around here. A lot of people, a lot of roads that haven't even been used, um, like in Rally SAs and that sort of stuff in the past. Um, but other little state events could be utilised. Um, you know, with the three day rally, uh, it'd be pretty epic, and potentially, um, you know, we've been talking about potentially it might even be a uh, mixed event, mixed uh, tarmac gravel. Uh, we've obviously had um, yeah. a classic Adelaide rally for here for years and Adelaide rally at the moment and some epic tarmac stages. Um, so it'll be, make it an interesting event. I'm not sure whether they would do that as a flyaway uh, would be my opinion, but um, it would make a pretty cool, cool rally. I guess the argument is that we have, if they want to do tarmac or gravel, we probably have enough roads for, for either, um, mm. which is a good place to yeah. be. Make it worthwhile, five-day rally. <laughs> <laughs> Moving service park. Yep, 100%. <laughs> oh, very good. So um, looking past Gippsland, Nathan, um, you're obviously gearing up for Alpine uh, at the end of the year, the uh, sort of the belated 100th year, 100th anniversary running of the event. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a tough one. It's going to be really tough this year. Everyone's bringing their, uh, their modern classic rally cars out um i'm still plugging away at the same ports i used to deliver pizzas in and that was the only time i ever got a good wage for driving 
But, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a big, long event. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of hype and uh, we just you just hope with an event like that that you can make it all the way through, you know. So finishing something that kilometres kilometer is, is is an achievement in itself and, um, and you know, previous Alpines have showed you've really got to go flat out at the start to get through because the rain just ruins it for you. But this year is a tough one, you know. What do we do? We've got so many kilometres. Perhaps it's not the right answer. Perhaps we need to preserve the car or whatever. So, um, and there's some fast guys, you know, some good equipment, equipment that's not classic relevant, but uh, uh, it's it's a good challenge. And um, yeah, we're going to take the same car we took there two years ago or three years ago and uh, make the same noises and hopefully go a little bit faster. Mm. Well, hopefully it rains for you, mate. Yeah, look, we're having some problems in both cars with the rain of late and the front shock absorbers. So I'm hoping that it's not too much rain. I'm hoping it's manageable, but by that time we'll have it sorted and have that problem under control. Slap Murray around a few times and um, torture him, and we'll get a we'll get a uh, we'll get a, a uh, what do you call it a cure for it. So yeah, um, but I think all conditions, you know, the Alpine presents a great event in that it's got roaming service plenty of kilometres and no repeat stages. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, something like almost 500 k's competitive this year. Yeah, 468, but I'm not counting. Um, mm. We should have enough apex seals to get through it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it'll be right. It'll be fine. Now, Nathan, um, mostly Guy and I started a podcast and then realised we agree on everything, which makes it quite boring. Um, but one thing we don't agree mm. on is... Uh, is pace noted events, and I think you've um, you really tipped the scales in my favour tonight because guys, a uh, guy hates road book events, absolutely <laughs> hates them. So I think, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get guy over to get uh, to um to Alpine do five hundred k's of, of road book rallying. I think that'd be good for him. Oh look, look, I did I did three stages of mid mid earlier this year. Is the best rallying I've ever done. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think it would be very difficult um, as growing up as a pace note driver to go back to blind. But I believe that for, for rallying, and look, I, when I started rallying, it was, you know, you go blind rallying, you learn to read the road. You've got to have an ability to read to read a road. But, for example, in South Australia, I'm familiar with the roads in South Australia and you don't have much forest like we do here and uh, it would make blind rallying very difficult in South Australia and it comes down to the local. But, um, yes, my advice to anyone, if you want to enjoy rally driving, you drive blind. If you want to go fast rally driving, you go pace noted. So um, that that would be the way I differentiate them. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, well, look, I, I do agree there, Nathan. Like, and, and in particular, like the East Coast roads and you know, and Victoria is really suited to blind rallying much more than South Australia. Like, it's not much fun coming going for half a k up to a blind crest, breaking, and then you just discover you got another five hundred meters after that. Um, I think that's. That's where pace notes come into their own in SA. But, yeah, definitely something like night moves or something like that um, over in Victoria. Night moves, oh, unbelievable. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. Just unreadable it is, and it's just so much fun, so hard. And uh, you wouldn't believe it. It rained that whole rally at night time. Super unsafe. (laughs) 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 But you just you you signed the disclaimer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if I had went and wrecked it, I might have freaked myself out and wanted to sit out. And uh, anyways, <laughs> so you're saying we should all get all get over to Victoria in the middle of winter for night moves, then? Oh, definitely. And even if you can't do it as competitive, go and spectate it. Mm. So, you know. The old man hadn't been to a rally for a very long time and he went to that and he just went, this is what it's all about. You know, the RX2, the, the, the four-wheel drive turbos, Darkies, V8, bloody shit box, um, the escorts, he, he goes, the, the noise, the lights, the smell. And when you're driving it as a competitor, I've never seen so many little fires on the side of the road from road close. And the officials... <laughs> I believe that because you do passive controls and stuff and there's a passive controller and apparently they have nothing to do with rallying, just their annual thing is they all dress up like freaks and go and do a passive control with disco lights and music. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go. 
dark. It's so good. So even even though it's run by you know Nissan Datsun Club, and I'm obviously I'm not a believer in Nissans or Datsuns, just Mazdas. Full <laughs> uh, credit to them. Fantastic job over there. Just going back back a step there. What the hell is a passenger control for anyone like under fifty? Yeah, yeah. So it's where you've got to stop in the middle of a stage. Um, and they used to use them to stop people from taking shortcuts. So you stop, you open your door, the, the controller stamps your roadbook or gives you a sticker, and that proves at the end of that when you hand your time card in, um, that proves that you didn't take any shortcuts. Um, obviously, mm. there's no shortcuts to be had, but um, but just the thrill of pulling up next to someone mid-stage, everything hot, and he opens the door, <laughs> stamps the card, the adrenaline just goes feral. And then picking <laughs> you, you probably best to roost the shit out of it. <laughs> so there's no control boards. You just you literally arrive at speed and take off at speed. You have a 50 meter warning board with a P, um, and you know that somewhere in the next 50 to 100 meters there is a passage control. If you don't stop, you can ask Darky Bar Smith what happens if you don't stop. I think it's 30 <laughs> minutes penalty every time you don't stop. So uh, yeah, it's cool. It just takes the emphasis. It, it breaks your rhythm and it takes the emphasis of of you know, being zoned in and going flat out, you, you, you're sort of like looking around going, oh, where is he? You know, where's Wally? You know, so it's, it's good. Hey, like you got to try it. It's, it's yeah, got to try everything once. You know, there's a few things I haven't tried, but um, passage controls is one and it's, it's, it's thumbs up for me. There you go. Now we've got an event coming up before then, guy. We've got, we're going over to Udunda. And uh, yeah. the old Walkie 100 over in Robertstown. It used to be in Robertstown. Now it's in Udunda. Um, Unfortunately. Massive upgrade yeah. from Robertstown. Mm. It's a shithole. Debatable. Um, Udunda's an incredible town. Happy to be there. Yeah. Now, the seating came out, Guy, and I think the clerk of the course is a Magna fan because he's put you number two somehow. Oh, oh look out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think he's, he's got one thing right. Um, he could have... You know, at least we've got someone sweeping the road for us. I don't think it'll t- be too dusty. Um, I'm quite happy with the with the seating there because uh, the first stage is at Walky Park, which is basically a sandpit. And um, if you're running car 10 there, it doesn't matter how many wheels you've got driving behind the engine, you know, you, you're in ruts a metre deep. So um, car two on the road so will be just fine for me, mate. Mm. I'm car four, so um, mm. just two taps, then you've got to move over, right, mate? Nah, you'll be swimming by then. You'll be bogged in Wilkie Park. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, where, where are you actually aiming for? Because I know I know we joke, but um, uh, what's the goals? The, the, the big trophy or what? Yeah, well, uh, I guess like, night, <laughs> like Nathan's been uh, saying he's going to win every ARC. We all, we, we all go into every rally thinking we're going to win. Mm. Right? We don't all go into yeah. rallies with a Magna. That's... No. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, only I've got the pleasure of that and a couple of guys in Queensland as well. But, um, yeah, look, just go hard and see what happens, right? You know, it's a bit reasonably big rally, 150 or 60 Ks this year. It's, they're slowly getting up it, um, you know, a bit of, bit of nighttime added in as well. Uh, usually usually hailing or snowing. So Yeah, yeah so nice. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It is, it is a traditionally a very fast, hard-packed Shire Road rally uh, besides from the opening stage, Rocky Park. Um, so it should actually suit the Magna um, pretty well, to be honest. Um, I'm hoping anyway. And a few few sneaky upgrades in the last couple of months um, should get it right up there. That was my first pace noted event, or one of my first pace noted events. And I think I scared the shit out of my co-driver because um, we did a night stage and he didn't realise I actually listened to him up until that point. So... <laughs> Well, you yeah, sometimes if he says the right thing, <laughs> especially if it's night time and your light bar doesn't work, then you really got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably um, an event that's not, probably not up your street, Nathan. Um, being, oh, no. being so flat out. You said it's 150, 160k long, and it's got um, night yeah. in it. That's pretty. Hey, I'll go anywhere for more than 150 in night time. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty yeah, it iconic. Used to be a, yeah, it used to be a pretty big rally. I think we had a lot of Australian champions come over and do it mm. in the past, before my time. But Yeah, it was, it was actually my first ever rally in 2009. Um, and it was a couple, it was like a month or so before Rally SA that year. And I remember rocking up and it's a bit embarrassing. I won't go into the backstory, but I had an Alfa Romeo Alpha Sud as my first rally car. And it was 
uh, you know, mostly rust. Um, but Eli Evans and that, uh, Brendan Reeves were there um, testing their, you know, their subies or something in, just before Rally SA um, that time. And, you know, I lasted about three stages before the Alpha Suds shit the bed and um, went, out and w- went out and watched them, which was pretty good. Yeah, not, not bad for the old Alpha. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but um, a good, good sort of, I guess, a traditional warm up for the old Rally SA. But um, yeah, still, still a pretty cool event that the Walkerville All Cards Club run. And um, hopefully next year we'll get to use the uh, stage with all the jumps that we love. Um, we're going to put a bit of pressure on the uh, the rally organizer, Jake, um, to get back to one big hill. It's, it's not safe to run without the jumps, I don't think. So <laughs> I think we should have a meeting about that. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they got as many entries that they had. Um, uh, not using not using the jumps. Um, if you've ever seen a Nathan, there's a <laughs> there's a stage called One Big Hill, and you go along this fence line, at, um, you know, 150 ish k's an hour, and hit three different jumps, um, three three jumps in a row, and they um, gradually get bigger. And then you got to turn 90 right shortly afterwards. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 Always they a took them. The mag probably bend in half going over them. Oh, we'd give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nathan, I know you've competed in the past, but do you follow WIC still? Uh, not a whole lot. Like, I watch it when I'm, when I'm a bit bored. I don't mind looking at... I actually just tuned in just recently because Hayden's back over in the WRC too. Um, but, yeah, to be fair, for someone that's been so heavily involved in rallying, I've never really followed it much. I used to when I was a kid, like uh, probably up up until 2004, I guess. I just used to couldn't get anything, couldn't get enough of it, you know. But, um, yeah, life gets in the road and uh, uh, the, the, the cars are, um, yeah, they're, they're they're pretty tricked these days. I often wonder whether whether those old drivers could drive some old classic RX2s, you know. But, um, yeah, no, I don't follow it as much as I probably should. But uh, when I can, I do. We recently had an event over in uh, Estonia, and I think Estonia. Guy's got some strong opinions. Oh, a little bit. I mean, we saw Calais uh, almost dominate again, which is, again... Pretty, pretty scary for the championship and where it's going, but um, exciting at the same time. He's going to be the youngest world champion ever um, coming up pretty quickly. But um, I think we both had strong opinions, um, and I reckon even if you haven't seen much of it, Nathan, you'd probably agree about the um, the hybrid technology and the new 2022 Rally 1 machines. Um, there was a – what was it, Dane? It was a penalty for Ott. So, yeah, they basically – I think most people will be familiar with a quiet zone at a rally, just – you know, turn your anti-lag off and don't rev the shit out of it while you're going past a few houses. Um, but in the WRC, they, they go to full EV mode for this. So just full electric, no noise at all. Um, and that solves their problems. But uh, yeah, if a couple of drivers, the EV mode doesn't work because it's a control part and it's not the team's fault or the driver's fault. And sometimes it just fails. So they had to drive past with their engine and they ended up with um, yeah, 10, 15 second penalties, which is pretty rubbish in my opinion. For something out of their control. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Mm. There's a few, few stitch-ups there, I reckon. Politics, <laughs> someone's paying someone off. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love the idea of a hybrid in a car, but, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it properly. And um, yeah, it's pretty pretty bullshit to have a, basically a rally-deciding penalty um, for something completely out of a driver's control. Um, it's pretty shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, like, we've talked about it before on the podcast, Guy, but I don't mm. really know what hybrid's bringing to the sport. Um, Nothing. It's a control part. The teams aren't developing. The the, the teams aren't mm. advertising it. The WRC is not advertising it. So what are we doing it for? Yeah, and it's not doing anything to the sporting side of it too. I, I thought, you know, when they were hyping it up last year that it was going to be some sort of, you know, boost button that you could, you know, use every now and then and there was going to be a lot more strategy with it, I suppose. That, and maybe there is behind the scenes, but we, we can't see it as the viewers. There's, there's no visibility. There's a tiny little, as we've talked about before, a tiny little graph at the bottom of the screen while you're watching the all-live footage um, that you can't really make out when it's regening or boosting or flame or whatever. Um, yeah, so it's it's not, not doing anything to the sporting side. Can't see any, uh, any you know, uh, marketing advantages for the for the manufacturers besides maybe Toyota who is still going down the hybrid hybrid track. So 
Um, maybe they just need to put massive hydrogen tanks in the back. I don't know. That'd be unsafe, though, wouldn't it? Oh, apparently. Yeah, no. <laughs> All motorsport had, has to be safe from now on. That's right. We had a power stage at the end of the event, which was um, was raining, torrential rain, mm. as, we, as we've discussed. Very, very unsafe. Anyway, they were running the power stage in the wet, and um, our mate, friend of the show, Calais mm. Rovampera, managed to win a power stage by 23 seconds, a 14-kilometre stage, mm. um, which I think everyone before this event was like, yeah, we love Calais. Yeah, what a legend. And now we're kind of concerned that we're going to have 10 years of Calais winning every event. Yeah, and the guy that was second in the event, Elfin Evans, he was um, it was he was he like on the road behind him, so it wasn't a massive road position advantage there. <laughs> it's, just, it's just spastic, isn't it? Mm. 23 seconds over 14Ks is, is crazy. Yeah, right. Yeah, see, I'm not, not too caught up with that, but I think the whole hybrid thing is it's 2022, and if you just say something's green for the environment, Mm. Everybody likes you. So um, I think that's maybe the angle they're going for. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you'd think they'd advertise it then, wouldn't you? Well, you can't advertise something if it's not as green as you want it to be. That's true. That is true. <laughs> like when you go to the F1 and they say they're using sustainable fuels and then all the TV screens are running on diesel generators. 100%. Just, really, just, really like, uh, just like a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we really need to leverage this whole um, breaking drought, bringing rain to areas stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should yeah. take trailing out west to the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, if it doesn't rain, at least it won't ever get too unsafe. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, on that note, Nathan, um, thanks for joining us tonight. It's been a bit of a laugh, um, a bit of a shorter one for us, I think, Zane tonight. Yeah, it was. Well, there wasn't a rally to talk about, was there? So it makes it a bit Not really. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple of weeks after WRC and the next one's in a few weeks, um, Rally Finland, which hopefully we'll, we'll chat about that afterwards. And yeah. Hopefully there'll be a different winner by then. Well, yeah. I don't think Colour Up and Pair is losing Finland, but um, we'll see. Mm. Very good. All right, Nathan. No well, thanks for time. No worries. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, see you in um, Gippsland. Perhaps, if not, if not, I'll see you at uh, Barossa Rally. Awesome. Very exciting. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. All the best. Thanks for waiting round. It's time to hit the road. If you liked the regroup, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts.